welcome to Geek Down, the show where two friends and nerds sit down and figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And you have reached episode 26. 26. Well, we, I guess we've reached it together. Half a year. Half a year. God damn. That's super exciting. I can't remember the last time I did anything for half a year. Yeah, with I know. this level of dedication. Yeah. It's either sad or impressive. It's impressive. It's kind of sad. No, in this day and age, <laughs> with the, with things, you know... Att- attention spans the way they are in this crazy world. You can blame Sesame Street for that one. <laughs> there are many ways you can listen to the Geek Down podcast, first and foremost of which, soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. Every time a new episode goes up, if you follow us on there, you will get a notification that a new episode has arrived, as well iTunes. New episodes usually go up, meh, sometimes Tuesday, not this week, don't know when it's going up. Yeah, you know what? We've been la- It's the summer. You got to give us a break. It's hot. It, we've got stuff to do. So if you subscribe to us on iTunes, that doesn't matter. No. And it's super easy. It just, just shows up. Just click that subscribe button. Boom. Sunshine, bubbles, and scarlet ember will bring it to your device. Riding the rainbows of friendship straight into your device for an hour plus of, of geekery for your enjoyment. Yes. So, uh, yeah. A little late this week. It's been a week. It's been a it's sort been, of week. It's been a kind of sort of summer uh, week. It's mad hot in the city. As usual. Like mad hot. And we tried to avert this. We're back in the poly pocket. Yeah. Various states uh. of dis- disrobement. My, myself more than Caitlin. I think this is the first time Caitlin's ever seen me rock a wife beater uh, in person. No, I think there was at least one other time. <laughs> we tried to avert this. We thought we were going to make our triumphant <laughs> return to the library. Caitlin investigated this. Apparently, the Fort York Library here in Toronto has, what I was surprised to discover, quite an extensive recording suite yeah, sort they, of thing. Yeah, they have a, a couple of libraries have this. Um, the Reference Library has one, and the the Fort York one has one. And it's a, like a recording studio, and they do some other stuff as well. And we could be as loud as we wanted to. And, and no one was going to yell, and yell no, at us. No woman was going to bang on, on the <laughs> tube and tell us we couldn't. We should need to quiet down. So Caitlin was on top of all of this. She was going to book the room at the Fort York Library for four. We were going to meet at two, plan out everything we were going to talk about, because we were only going to have two hours, so we had to get in there. No time for chit-chat and all our other bullshittery that usually keeps us here in the poly pocket <laughs> for five hours at a time. Um, we're efficient. Soup's a fish. Going to get in there, get it done. I wake up this morning to a text message sent at about 9 a.m. from Caitlin telling me that something had happened at the library and the library was a no-go and she got snapped at by a librarian and I don't even oh, yeah. still know what happened. So let's find out together, listeners. Kate, what happened? Uh, okay, so uh, initially... Well, yesterday, um, before closing time, I talked to librarians, and we were trying to figure out when we could get together, and there were only certain times available, and I kind of just picked a time and asked if I could change it the next day, and they were Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, that's fine. Um, But sure enough, I went to change it, and someone had taken that time slot. So I was trying to figure out other rooms I could book, Mm -hmm. and they were... The, the first library was, was kind of nice, but they said all room bookings have to go through central room booking, which, so you can't call the library and book a meeting room. There's um, a central authority. There's of. a, yes. So then I called the central room booking authority. Ain't bureaucracy and, grand. Oh God. And. It's like you're living in Brazil. And got 
snapped at by this very angry librarian who went, I'm just going to stop. I was like in mid, like, oh, hi, I just wanted to know if you had a room for today. She's like, I'm just going to stop you right there. And she just like broke down. Basically, there are no rooms available. I would have had to pay. We need four business days. I don't know why everyone keeps on calling. And I was like, whoa, I just, I'm sorry. You are clearly going through some things today, librarian, (laughs) and I am not the one. No, I've, and I just didn't really know what to say. And I was like, even sort of like, you know, like when you go and study, like those are taken as well. And she was like, oh no, those you have to call the library for. I was like, what do you mean? They told me to call you. And she's like, well, I don't know why they told you that. Uh, So then I called back to several different libraries and all of their rooms were first come, first serve. Uh, So you can't book them in advance. You have to just show up and hope for the best. It's the Hunger Games for for a room here in Toronto. Basically. Um, So, so long, air conditioning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hello, Hello, juicy drink and fans. Yes. So, you know, we're used to it by now, but as we warn people, things may get a little tense in the Polly Pocket because <laughs> it's a little warm. We'd be all right. Yeah. We'll be um, so my life has been nothing but Pokemon Go. You had mentioned that. There's really nothing worth talking about. Anyone who listens to this show and plays Pokemon Go, there's nothing I'm going to tell them that's going to be relevatory to them, aside from the fact that there is nothing in Parkdale. Really? Pidgeys and Weedles. That's what I get. Oh, are, are those not good? No, they're not good, Caitlin. I don't know. <laughs> I'm god- not playing. Want a goddamn Dragonite. Um, What's that? It's apparently the best one in the game. Uh, a friend of mine posted a Snapchat video of what happened at Bay in Front here in Toronto when one appeared. <gasps> it was fucking madness. It was just like like at least 100 people. Did they stop traffic? They could have. All at Bay in Front trying to catch this catch this dragon. Was it a whole bunch of like people in three piece suits trying to catch? I have heard that that Pokemon. has been happening. I've heard complaints from people who have been like walking on King Street, and dudes will just like dudes in like power suits will just like stop dead and turn to high five and like. <laughs> and these people, will, the person telling me the story, like has almost ran into them because it's like they're just minding their own business, and some dude will stop dead. In the middle of the sidewalk to I think those should be, catch a Jigglypuff. I think that should be allowed. I think that Pokemon Go has gotten to a point where you should just be able to check people <laughs> who are who stop dead in the middle of the sidewalk. But it's... You hear how big it is. You hear people talking about how popular it is and how everyone's playing it. Until you're out there, Yeah. you really don't understand how. Maybe it's not like this in Hamilton, but... I don't know. I'm not playing. I, I, but I've you seen would people. notice, yeah. You oh, I've notice. seen tons of people. I saw these two kids just riding around on bikes for... I, I think all day. I was in and out of the house all day, and I kept on seeing them in different places around Hamilton looking for Pokemon. Because the first night, I downloaded it on a whim at work. You yeah. know, something for us to, like, laugh about. You know, are there any Pokemon in the store? And <laughs> use their Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, and, and use their Wi-Fi. Because <laughs> my data was... Still went, like, two gigs over on my data for the month. But yeah, just to like see, check it out, see see what it was like. Um, and there is nothing more satisfying than when that ball just banks off of one of them little fucks and, and captures them. I believe you. And the excitement that will surge through your body when you think, when you see that silhouette of one you haven't encountered yet. I, I mean, I'm, I am going to eventually download this. Senior correspondent and I have decided that we are going to start playing and walking i bought hiking shoes 
there are places in Hamilton. We can the waterfalls. I'm sure there'll be something fantastic there. And that is the thing that I that I don't see written about as much when discussing the game, which I thought was really cool. Is you know all these stops, pocus stops that give you supplies. Yeah. You know, extra pokeballs or potions or what have you. Uh, are all real places in the world. And because it's linked to Google Maps or whatever, it will tell you a fun factoid about it. And a lot of them, key to my interest, are graffiti-related, especially oh, really? in especially in Toronto. If I go walking up Queen Street and start, like, checking out Pokestops, they're all going to be, like, street art and, that's awesome. and graffiti murals and stuff. I and had no idea. that's really dope, and that's what I really enjoy. Um, I like the historical stuff. I was alarmed that this is basically a fitness app. <laughs> masquerading you, as a game you were alarmed i by was this? i was alarmed i was like you want me to walk 10 kilometers to hatch this egg i'm, I'm leaving this shit open on the bus <laughs> we're gonna see how that see how that works um because if i end up losing weight because of pokemon go i'm gonna be so mad you guys you're gonna be mad about so this mad. how dare you trick me into <laughs> exercising pokemans uh yeah i still maintain that i don't think it's going to hold my interest i hear that there is a um steep level curve later on right about, about level 14 right now and this is just from like basically playing it at work uh apparently this is what i've heard through the grapevine is that they're going to be making it so you can actually battle people you already sort of can not yes, in real time but this is going to be in real time like it's going to be you find, some, find somebody like the old street pass nintendo ds way where if you just somebody was around you could battle them in real time exactly because right now you just kind of like leave your pokemans at a gym or something to defend it yeah and then other people passing by you have no say in how the fight goes it's just kind of based on you know the stats yeah. of the various pokemans about to evolve my eevee that's exciting i, I know that. that that it can evolve into whole the most things of any of them yes and the that there's a there's a Easter egg in there apparently that goes back to the show where if you you have to name your Eevee, which will decide which one you get. Oh, try most, and get a Sylveon. Most people want most people want Vaporeon, which is the water based evolution. Oh, okay. Apparently, it's the strongest. Um, but I'm waiting. I'll let y'all know next week how that goes, or if I'm very very angry and have <laughs> to catch another 600 Eevees to evolve another one. But yeah, it's I still maintain I'm not going to. It's probably not going to stay with me. Then I'll play it until I start to notice that like nothing new has happened. But if you get to start to like fight people by that time. Yeah. And they say they announced at Comic-Con and we're going to get way more into Comic-Con in a moment, but that um, trading is going to become a thing, Ooh. Uh, especially because there are basically region locked Pokemon. Oh, okay. Like, there's like a bull one called Tauros, which is only in North America Mr. Mime is only in Europe. Oh. Um, there's a couple other ones that are in one in Asia and one in Australia. And they will, awesome. they will never appear randomly aside from in those areas. So I just have started now just stacking up them Tauruses <laughs> so that if it comes time to trade, you're, um, you're ready. I can get in there and I'm on my Magikarp grind because it takes the most candies to evolve a Magikarp out of anything else. I have no idea. I have no idea what you're talking about. And I am alarmed that I am a grown man and these are <laughs> conversations that I have. Me me and the homie Nigel were at work uh, this week just playing all the time and like having actual conversations about like, yeah, I only need like six more candies and I can evolve, I can evolve my Ghastly into, uh, what does a Ghastly evolve into? Well, I'm a grown man and this is a conversation that I'm having. We we also have a podcast every week about comic books and television <laughs> shows. So Those are serious business. Is that serious business? It is serious business. Well, you know what's really serious business? What? 
San Diego Comic-Con. San Diego Comic-Con. You want to talk about, how do you know it's serious business? The money. And if you're following the money, it only leads to one place, my friends. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con. San Diego Comic-Con. Is that where it leads to? Oh, God, does it. So let's just start busting through this, because Lord, there's a ton. All right. So I remember the last time we had a bunch of trailers at one time, I just kind of asked, this was one of the, the Kayam episode, and I just kind of asked Kayam, in or out? Okay, yeah, let's do this. In or out for whatever. So there are so many trailers. So many. We'd be here for three hours trying to get through them all. <laughs> so let's just go through this. Caitlin McKinnon, mm-hmm. in or out, Wonder Woman. In. So good. Didn't even, barely a pause. Though, she already knows she's in. Though. Uh, so I actually, I didn't see Batman versus Superman, yes. but my <laughs> neither did any junior correspondent, Fiona, my yes. sister did. I think you're assembling this whole staff of affiliates. I just, this is how I'm going to do it from now on. All right. Um, I can't be everywhere at once. <laughs> all right. Are you taking applications for this or? Yeah, sure. People? Hit me up on the Facebook page. <laughs> hit, her, hit her up on the Facebook page, which is at. www.facebook.com forward slash forward slash geekdownpod geekdownpod if Uh, you want to be a member of Caitlin's crack team of affiliates get at her Um, okay so she saw it and one of the things she mentioned was and I think this is a great point so Henry Cavill is it Cavill or Cavill or whatever however okay he he worked out for Superman right Mm -hmm. and uh, what's his face worked out for Batman Mm mm-hmm and Gal Gadot did not work out for Wonder Woman. Her shoulders are too small. <laughs> this seems ridiculous, but... Is this what Fee noticed? Well, Fee was in martial arts for, God, maybe like 20 years. Mm. And she knows like when you are um, doing a lot of activity, Amazon or not, you're going to put on a little bit of muscular weight. Gal Gadot, you could like snap into little, little too tiny. She looks great. Like the the what from what I saw from the trailer, the action looks great. The sequences look great. The filming looks great. I think the acting is going to be great, but I think they really should have put the time and effort into Gal Gadot transforming into Wonder Woman as they did for their other superheroes. Mm. Okay, and that's all. Um, you know who did look muscular and powerful and made me feel funny in many ways who robin wright riding a horse <laughs> i don't think i remember that mm. well see there you go well done well done robin wright uh one enjoyable comment i saw might have been on the buzzfeed geeky tumblr or maybe it was the ringer i don't remember holding up a gif of like that one scene of of diana and steve trevor like dancing and he's like you know i can't let you do this and she's like it's not up to you what yeah. i do yeah and now that's basically a meta comment of like Patty Jenkins and Zack Snyder (laughs) (laughs) and the not up into what I do is make a good movie yeah um so related to that let's just keep it moving Caitlin McKinnon strong in for Wonder Woman Caitlin McKinnon yeah in or out not really a trailer we just kind of saw like a sizzle reel Mm -hmm. Justice League um we've been hurt before you know what okay so this I'm gonna I'm gonna put this bluntly Mm. this may be another instance where I don't need to go see the movie in theaters. I'm just happy to wait for it to come out mm. on DVD. I thought that Aquaman looked amazing. Oh, yeah, of course you did. No, but just, you know, he's Aquaman. A, he's a charter member. 
He's a charter <laughs> member of the Caitlin McKinnon Squeak Potsy. It, it's true. But he looked great, and I loved him drinking whiskey and being angry and all fa- fantastic. Flash didn't really like. Um, I liked him. Uh, I thought it was too forced. I didn't think he was going to... I apparently have not been keeping up on this. I didn't think he was going to be that young, but I liked him. Okay. Cyborg, we didn't really get to see. Yeah, I didn't see much um, I've actually seen a clip before. It was that clip taken out of Batman versus Superman. I thought that was a little better of a clip. And Ben Affleck as Batman, or I shouldn't say Batman, as, um, oh, what's his name? Bruce. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I've had a really hard week. She'll get, she'll get to it eventually, friends. Bruce Wayne. Yes. Um... I mean, again, I haven't seen I haven't seen Batman vs Superman. Maybe I'll like him a little bit more when I sort of am introduced to him. But just from him talking with the others, listen, I'm not going to say that anything in that was good. Yeah, there was like no brooding. I almost saw the sun in that trailer. Like, (laughs) like there were things resembling jokes in as much as they were not statements being growled by someone (laughs) super angrily um almost banter between bruce and diana yeah i saw a little bit of that banter um here for that so maybe just maybe yeah after after the debacle and financial disaster of dawn of justice they have learned Maybe they can lighten up a little. And we'll see after I go see Suicide Squad and after I go see Wonder Woman, maybe I will go see Justice League. Mm. We'll see how it goes. As it stands right now, you'll see it, but you're not in per se. I'm not in. You're, you're, you're like, you're like, I'm on the fence. On the fence is fair. I'm on the fence. Moving on. Let's rapid fire some of these. Netflix, Marvel Netflix, huge presence at yeah. Comic-Con. Basically had something for everything. Let's go in order of... We don't need to talk about the Defenders trailer. It wasn't a trailer. It was a graphic. But I'm in anyway. <laughs> but she's in. Iron Fist. No, not in. Not, not in at all. I mean, maybe I'll watch the first episode and see where it goes from there. But I don't care. I don't care. Are you just angry because he's white? No. I just don't really care about Iron Fist. Maybe it's because I'm thinking of the Iron Fist from Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Mm. He shows up a bit and him and Luke Cage have a fun dynamic. And maybe if he shows up a little bit in Luke Cage, who knows? Maybe I will be interested. But I don't know. I need to know more about it before I'm in. Fair enough. They, I, this is they, something did, they didn't show you a lot. He punched a bed through a wall or something and and, and this may be something that i can miss or it might be really vital for me to enjoy defenders i'm not sure yet but for now eh. and the one why am i even asking caitlin mckinnon in or out on luke cage so in oh my god what did, what did i what did i text you jordan what did i text you i don't even remember what you texted me. i text texted you luke cage uh, she, she did that's, that's what i did uh i'm not gonna lie wasn't in until old dirty bastards started. I was going to say, was it the Wu Tang that did it? <laughs> the second them, the second that piano hit, yeah, I was like, all right, you fucks, <laughs> fine, fine, I'll be in for Luke Cage. Listen, I just have never been like huge on the character. I didn't really think he had anything, right? Um, and he hasn't really been used well until recently. It's been it's true. a whole lot of like, hey, where's my money, honey? 
yeah. type of <laughs> type of thing. And, and you he, jive turkeys. And he is in, and he is like that in uh, Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes. It's a Ew, lot of gross. what. He's like that in that in the cartoon. Well, he's a lot like. Why are we doing this? We're not getting paid. Ah. That kind of idea of Luke Cage. not the jive turkey <laughs> no that, well that's what i thought you were talking about no he came I mean, out with a black fist afro pick and was, no. was like hey jack he he's not shaft give like, me my money motherfucker uh no he was just more like why are we doing this we're not getting paid this is stupid and you know there was iron fist being like but it's the right thing to do punch 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 <laughs> Marvel, if you're listening, I would really uh, love to get a one-shot uh, Power Man in the Iron Fist done by Caitlin McKinnon, please. If you pay me, I'll do it. Punch, punch, punch. I'm going to act like Luke Cage now. So you're all in on this? Totally in. Why? Um, Because it looks like so much fun, and I liked Luke Cage as a character in... I'm going to call it Alias forever. Just, <laughs> Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jones. Um, I really liked him, and I wanted to know more about that character, and I want to know where his story goes and how he connects to the others. And, you know, there's a whole interesting past that I don't know, and he's going to have an interesting future, and I, I am interested. And it looks like a lot of fun. I like punchy things, as we just, as you, I, as I just showed you through my, with my punch, punch, punch. I mean, ain't none of these going to be bad. So, I mean, everything moving towards the Defenders next year, 2017, I think they said. Is it 2017? I think they said. Which wow. means they got a lot of shit coming out. Yeah. Luke Cage drops September. Yeah, very and excited. And then Iron Fist will be 2017. Spring? Yeah. And, yeah. And there's a third season of Daredevil, but I don't know when that's coming out. Mm. So, that's a strong end from both of us for Luke Cage. Uh, Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad, you're doing the music. Please release it somehow. I'm sure it'll be amazing and make me very happy. And use more Wu-Tang. Um, Caitlin McKinnon, in or out on something that I'm sure is very important to you, American Gods. In. The, we, we, we talked a little bit about the trailer. A Not lot the of, best trailer in the no, world. No, it wasn't the best trailer, which I'm really surprised about. Though it is, it's being done by stars, is that right? Yes. And a couple other trailers of theirs that I've seen are not that good either. I'm surprised. I thought the visuals would be a little bit... Not better, because it, it does look good. It looks fine. But yeah. I thought it would be a little more striking. Um, Aside from that shot of like the world tree that comes at the end, there's not like yeah. a whole lot in there. And maybe they're saving that. Maybe they're focusing <laughs> on the story. <laughs> God, God, for, God forbid, <laughs> maybe they didn't put something in the trailer. Yes, exactly. Um, and there's still so much of that story that we haven't seen. I am very excited, though, for the show itself. Yes. Trailer notwithstanding, we are both in on the show. Um, as we mentioned, Brian Fuller, I believe his name is. Um, yes. Is the showrunner who also did Hannibal, and he's going to be doing the Star Trek, the Star Treks that comes out streaming. Uh, trailer for that came out as well, or teasers, nothing really to talk about. It just shows the ship leaving the asteroid base type thing. Cool. It's called Star Trek Discovery, I believe is the actual title now. Huh. Uh, I don't recall if the ship is called Discovery, but anyway, both in on American Gods, trailer notwithstanding. Next up on the SDCC trailer binge, a show that's kind of a sleeper. I did not know this was a thing that was going to be happening until I was trying to read one of these like articles that would break down everything that had happened at Comic-Con for me. And uh, I didn't know about it until you showed it to me. So I showed it to her just now. How's that for podcast magic? You didn't even know we left. <laughs> didn't even know we left. Ooh. But we did. 
This is a show called Legion. It will be on FX. It is in association with Marvel Television, another comic property. This will be a show ostensibly about the character Legion, which in the comics, forgive me, nerds, they're screaming. Jon Snow's coming for me. He, <laughs> he was... He's... He, I, he doesn't... He doesn't... He's not a nerd. John is one of the coolest people I know. He doesn't know everything. He's just listened to all the podcasts. Uh-huh. So we'll fact check the podcasts <laughs> and basically always be on my side because I'm always right. Debatable. <laughs> okay, yes, debatable. Highly debatable. Um, Poor in the John comics. Snow, I'm sorry. In <laughs> I'm so sorry, John. He's definitely a two namer. John Snow? Yeah. I always have to call him John so- yeah. Snow now. Jon Snow, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a two-namer, Jon Snow. <laughs> uh, in the comics, I believe Legion was the son of Charles Xavier. Yes. And who, I don't recall. Super powerful mutant, psychic. Y- yes, I'm, hand I'm up. I'm pretty sure it was the doctor, the Scottish doctor. Was it Moira? I'm pretty sure it was Moira. Hmm. That may have been conflated through movies and other adaptations. Possibly. I don't know. I'm not looking it up right now. But he's Charles Xavier's kid. Will that be the case in the show? I don't know. Is he just a randomly super powerful mutant? Who knows? This is coming to us from Noah Hawley. Not a name anyone but TV nerds would probably recognize. This is alarming to me in all the best possible ways because this is the guy who made Fargo. Yes. Have you seen Fargo? I have not seen Fargo. I've neither the movie nor the television show. Holy shit. Everyone in life, watch Fargo. Okay. Second season of Fargo was one of the most incredible series of television, televisions, televisions <laughs> I've ever seen. It was damn near flawless. So if he is turning his attention to this sort of property, which we don't even really know what it is. The trailer's got like, you know, Legion in psychiatric care of some sort. He's talking to therapists. There's a woman involved. I don't know. There's lots of scenes of things exploding and kitchens exploding and a dance sequence, which is probably the most Noah Hawley-esque touch that could be in there. Um, so in, in sort of looking back at what we just talked about, which was American Gods. Yes. This, on the other hand, has amaz- amazing visuals. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm in. I just watched it and I'm definitely in. Yeah, Legion as a character in the comics was always something I ignored. He had this like ridiculous high top fade um, in the comics, <laughs> which was is that why you ignored him? Basically, and just like you know, too convoluted. I never really cared about Charles Xavier that much. So anytime right. his kid in his history came up, or like the Shadow King or Chuck's past, I was like, I'm out. Titular character in this being played by Dan Stevens, who most people would know as Matthew Crawley from Downton Abbey. Tragic, tragic Matthew Crawley. So yeah, I did not even know this was a thing until I was reading rundowns of trailers and whatnot. Pleasantly surprised to see it. Um, like I said, no Holly. Guy's working. Guy's working with some talents there. So if if he's going to turn his attention to this sort of project, it's definitely not going to be. Fargo was like the most zero fucks given eight episodes of TV I've ever seen in my life. If he has been allowed by the entertainment behemoths at Marvel and FX to just take this and do whatever he wanted to this really has the potential to be something unlike what we've seen i'm like i said just from seeing the trailer i'm really excited about it well we're both in on that well done fx 
So that's about it for the, uh, you know, above the marquee trailers. I know there were other ones in there. I know Sherlock debuted something, but you don't care about Sherlock. And uh, yeah, I, it was third season. I know lots of people are freaking out right and now. I heard it was like super dark and gritty, and I don't know. I'm probably out on that. When I heard it was super dark and gritty, I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't even need to watch it. The world is such a crazy place. Do we really need more dark and gritty? I don't. Really? I don't think that we do. Not, not from Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need my dark and gritty delivered by Martin Freeman. Thank you. He's, no. he's better served. He has better uses than that. Uh, do you have anything else? Anything that caught your eye? Um, well, I do have a couple trailers that are some I'm really anxious to see or excited to see, uh, which would be uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, mm-hmm. which was shown, but there's not been a, a general release of that. And Spider-Man Homecoming apparently had some kind of trailer, um, and that hasn't been released yet and I don't know when or if it will be and then there was kind of a loser among the trailers <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're branding well, you're branding the loser of Comic Con no there, there was a couple of posts actually and, and um, make, <coughs> online magazines like Mary Sue and stuff that talked about it not being very good um, it was and I watched it and even before I read them I went this is terrible it's called King Arthur Legend of the Sword oh good lord um, it is uh, I believe directed by Guy Ritchie Ooh. and it is not very good mm. and it's disappointing for people who are fans of the Legend of Arthur Maybe lots of slow-mo uh, tons, sword swinging tons of <laughs> slow-mo sword tons of it um, thanks Guy Ritchie yeah so, I, yeah, it doesn't look very good. You know who was a winner that I heard about late last night? We didn't have a chance to talk about. Who? Uh, apparently, a bunch of people went in to watch this horror movie called The Woods that was supposed to be screening. Yeah. And it turned out to be a Blair Witch sequel. Seriously? And they had told no one. They had kept this totally under wraps that this movie called The Woods was actually a direct sequel to The Blair Witch Project. Wow. Like, where Heather's brother... I never corrals watched. a bunch of people to go back into the woods and, and find her. I didn't I didn't watch Blair Witch. I have not seen it since I saw it in the theater uh, originally, and it basically gave me motion sickness. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I have a giant headache, and that was not nearly as scary as the setup led me to believe it was. I know people who are like fanatical about the Blair Witch Project, though, and I mean, you can't deny what it meant to movie making and viral marketing before that was even a phrase. Like, yeah. like that was a huge deal, so... The fact that they pulled that off, that people burst out of this room going like, oh my god, it's a Blair Witch sequel, and no one knew. And I actually heard it was a pretty, most of the reports I saw said it was a pretty okay horror movie as well. So, um, Well, I I mean, that must be really exciting for fans of horror and fans of the Blair Witch Project, I guess. Uh, I am not fans of either of those two things. But you know what I am a fan of? Dare I ask? The Fifth Element, which is... Like what the fifth element is? Yeah. Oh, it's love, Kayla. Yeah, I know. It's love. I'm well. I'm a fan of both the movie and of love. Um, <laughs> it's love, fam. But more importantly, yes. Than that, there is a movie. It is called Valyrian. Well, Valyrian and the City of a Thousand Worlds, like or like, a Thousand Planets, rather. Like, like the steel, like Valyrian, like with a V. Yeah, but it's not Valyrian steel. Oh, it's, no, I'm just. Uh, it's actually a French. It's it's a French comic book originally. Uh huh. And is it by Mobius? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I just assume all French comic books <laughs> are by Mobius. <laughs> and it is being touted as the 
emotional sequel to The Fifth Element. Get the fuck out of here. And do you know why? My body is not prepared for that. Because it is directed. Because it has chicken. By Luc Besson. Luc Besson. Luc Besson. Um, and no one's seen the, the I mean, the, by no one, I mean us plebs who can't afford to go to San Diego Comic-Con. Yes. Um, have not been able to see the trailer yet, but so far everyone is touting it as spectacular and exciting, and I am super stoked. Will it have a multi-pass? I don't know. I Possibly. Hope, it's it about time travelers who are detectives which is basically all i want in the world. everything everything caitlin wants right it's got mystery it's got aliens it's got chases it's got planets (laughs) i'm i'm excited detecting in space that's basically all you need time and space if you want caitlin mckinnon's money that's basically all you all you need to do yeah and cool aliens so what is more exciting for you the announcement of that or the announcement that brie larson is confirmed as captain marvel um, this, I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> you, you already knew, though. Yeah. You already yeah. had your squee moment about that. Yeah. I, well, I'm just excited. It's a, it's a good actress. Mm. Um, and I think she can carry the role. And I think she'll en- end up giving a, an interesting dynamic because she's a little bit younger. Um, so and yeah, it's one I'm step excited. closer to the movie actually happening, which you were yes. concerned about. They're not going to pull the plug now that they've announced the actress. I didn't think they'd pull the plug. I just, I was pretty sure... They were just going to keep on pushing it <laughs> farther and delayed. farther. You know, I'd be like 62 and it, hadn't, it wouldn't have come out yet. So, <laughs> uh, The Russo brothers teasing that possibly Carol will make an appearance in one of the Infinity Wars. Um, I'm pretty sure she'll make an imper- appearance in the next couple of films. Probably. I think they're slowly going to be building her reputation before they turn her into Captain Marvel. Um, something else that actually it did not come out at Comic-Con, I don't think. It just kind of came out of its own around the same time. Something else that the Russo brothers are working on, which greatly excites me, maybe as much as Luc Besson directing the spiritual sequel to The Fifth Element excites you. Mm-hmm. You familiar with The Warriors, Kate? Uh, warriors come out to play. Oh my God, that movie is so bad and I love it so much. Oh, Yeah. Um, also a really good video game for the PlayStation 2, by the way, for all you retro gamers out there. Surprisingly good. Huh. I'm a fan of, like, the old school, like, you know, Double Dragon, Streets of Rage, like, side-scrolling beat-em-ups, where it's just, like, you beating the shit out of, like, a million people. Yeah. Uh, that's what this game was. It was just, like, awesome. you're the Warriors making your way back to Coney Island. People have never seen the Warriors. It's basically based on a great Greek myth. I forget which one. Set in a very, very grimy 70s, pre-Giuliani, pre-cleaned-up, uh, New York. Talk about, uh... Uh, dark and gritty. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, but, but at the same time, absurd. Gang violence was a huge thing in New York in the 70s, and every block had its own gang. You can basically thank this for partially creating hip-hop, because eventually the gangbangers decided to stop stabbing and start dancing, and that was a whole thing in and of itself. Anyway, every block in New York had its own gang, and there was a book, I don't remember who it was written by, but a director named Walter Hill made a movie called the warriors we're basically in an effort to unite because i believe as the uh the leader of this summit named cyrus announces you know there's like two thousand cops in new york city and ten thousand of us and if we all united we could have the city type of thing anyway in the movie cyrus gets killed it's blamed on the warriors for whatever reason and they have to make their way back to coney island through the city fighting and battling assorted gangs like face painted baseball players and <laughs> yeah dudes on roller skates and, uh, Those guys are scary. And the Lizzies. Everyone remembers the Lizzies. <laughs> the Lizzies. The Lizzies are packing. Um, 
So the Russo brothers are remaking the Warriors into a miniseries for Hulu. Which is amazing. It's so amazing. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know either. But. But. (laughs) Sometimes you hear somebody's going to make a miniseries and you say, well, that makes sense. You definitely do a better job. Like if something was made a movie first and you go, well, this would have worked better as a miniseries where you have more time. I don't know how you take the Warriors (laughs) and stretch that out to like eight hours. That's. But the Russo brothers, hey, they have proven they can do good things from Community, which is the first thing I ever saw them on. They were basically the, the second and third. You know, Harmon was the creator, but the Russos basically helped steer that ship to taking over Captain America and the Avengers and all that. Like, yeah. They have proven their track record at this point, both on the writing and the directing side of things. So hopefully, fingers crossed. Again, no footage, no trailers, no nothing, just an announcement. But for someone who loves the Warriors and how terrible and grimy it was. In that case... And if they keep it as such, if they keep it in that vein and don't try to, like, you know, update it. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But in that case, you're talking about 70s. You're talking about gangbangers and all of that and directors with interesting styles. Yeah. Did you know Baz Luhrmann is making... The get down, yeah. Yeah. I did know this. And it's coming like next month, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I didn't realize until I was looking at trailers that this was something that was happening. Yeah, no, I knew this. uh, I first heard about it a few months ago and saw the first like teaser trailer for it and then forgot about it until the new trailer, which came out this week, I think. That's right. Yeah. So the get down is set in the 70s. Um, It is set in New York, I believe. Yep. And uh, it's Baz Luhrmann, all right. (laughs) Oh, is it? Uh, it's shiny, and it's happy, and it's funky, and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, set at the dawn of rap and peak of disco, that sort of era. Um, I spotted Giancarlo Esposito in there. <laughs> Gus, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. Uh, that made me very excited. Uh, yeah, it's for if you loved your Moulin Rouges, if you loved your your Baz Luhrmann's Romeo plus Juliet. Yeah. Um, you probably find a lot to love here. Lots of people bursting into song, lots of... And it, Lots I think of dancing it, and music. And it might give a little bit of a history lesson to the general public about the roots of rap and hip hop. And that might Hopefully. be interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely, um, I'm not the hugest Baz Luhrmann fan in the world. Pro- it, he is definitely. Probably on account of my penis. Uh, <gasps> There's lots of gentlemen who like Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> Perhaps. That was such a generalization. <laughs> it really was. Ashamed. I really was. But. My love of early hip-hop origin stories and disco as well. And that era of New York trumps any apprehension I have about Baz Luhrmann's aesthetic. Yeah. Well, I, I think it, it looks at least fun, so I'm, I might check it out. Um, are you in? Out? To keep on the, the get-down? Yeah. I'm in. In. I'm okay. in on the get-down. All right. So one sort of final bit that I saw from Comic-Con, uh, oddly enough, not a whole lot comic related to talk about comic-con this nope. is the world we live in now there are there were a few things there were some like creative team announcements and things like that but the actual comics kind of overshadowed by the rest of the entertainment behemoth that takes over san diego every year yes um but this is a nice story um did you hear this one that at the steven universe panel rebecca sugar came out as bisexual i did not know that she did cool someone had asked sugar at the steven universe panel q a you know where where or why do you is the show so focused on these issues of inclusion and diversity and whatnot? 
and the sort of queer themes that permeate throughout the show. And Sugar kind of took a pause and then, without much fanfare, just kind of said that it's based on her own experiences as a bisexual woman, which isn't surprising, but still cool that she said it. Got a very warm response from the from the audience in attendance. Um, she also went on to say, quote, there's an idea that these themes, meaning the queer themes and the inclusivity themes and whatnot, uh, should not be shared with kids, but everyone shares stories about love and attraction with kids. She said, so many stories for kids are about love, and it really makes a difference to hear stories about how someone like you can be loved. It's important to me. We speak to kids about consent. We speak to kids about identity. I want to feel like I exist, and I want everyone else who wants to feel that way to feel that way, too. So, shouts to Rebecca Sugar. That's very nice. We salute you. I have some issues with the current <laughs> run of Steven Universe. <laughs> okay. Which will come later in the show. All right. There was a peak, and then there was a valley. There always is a peak in a valley. Um, That's but, how things work. But we will get to that later. So... My God. Nerd, we got through it. Nerd prom just takes it out of us <laughs> every year. And this is the first year we've done this. Can you imagine if we actually ever went to this thing, people? Oh, my God. Salute to all of you, by the way, all the writers and the bloggers and tweeters and all the people out there who, who keep us informed so we can talk to y'all about it. Because Lord knows I would not be able to deal with that. There's just so much going on. And I mean... Thank you to the wonderful people who posted the picture of John Barrowman from Doctor Who as Squirrel Girl, because that just made my week. Why did that happen? Because John Barrowman is amazing. <laughs> did he, does he want to be Squirrel Girl? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Everyone wants to be Squirrel Girl. He's trying to get Torchwood back off the ground, isn't he? thought I heard Scuttlebutt uh, about that. It happens every so often. They really, really... It's so frustrating because they were doing some great things and then they were just like, we're just going to kill everyone. Um, so <laughs> Torchwood the Firefly of, for Whovians? Uh, not so much. It's just demonstration of bad writing ah. and, and, and bad production, I guess. Mm. Yeah. So you don't care if it comes back one way or the other? Uh. Yeah. There are so many other better things. <laughs> so many like, things you'd rather have. Like all the things we just talked about. <laughs> well, those will all be coming to you later this year and early next year. And we will be coming to you after this short break. Well done. I like that, huh? That's mm. good. Did it, girl. Oh. Up top. So when we come back, we will not talk about the things that we brought each other. And we will explain why after this short break. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for joining us. Typically, this is the portion of the show where Caitlin and I would talk about the things that we brought each other, something we would not have encountered normally on our own. However, however, if you have been paying attention to the Facebook group or even the title of this episode, you may notice we're out of format this week. We are out of format this week. Wasn't the plan. It, that was not the plan. No. We, we had given each other things. Yes, we did. Caitlin gave me a book. Yep. Not going to tell you what it is. It may come up at a later date. And I gave Caitlin a television program. Yes, you did. Kind of on spec. It was a show that had just started airing. Yep. The, thir the third episode just dropped uh, this past Sunday. And given the pedigree of the people involved 
and the subject matter, I was pretty confident I was all in on this. Yeah. That I would, this was going to be a thing that I would really love. And sort of an affiliate of something Caitlin really likes. We have discussed before, Caitlin really likes mysteries in the I, whodunit sense. I do. I like mysteries and I like crime dramas usually. And Jordan tends to like procedurals more of a highfalutin, arty manner. Yeah. I really like CSI. You really like... In the Wire. Yeah. Um, the, the Wire was very good, but... So, this was a show, is a show, it is still ongoing, called The Night Of. And it is the brainchild of a guy named Richard Price, who is one of my favorite novelists. He writes a lot of crime novels. He wrote a novel called Clockers, which became a Spike Lee movie. Mm -hmm. And was parts of that novel were lifted hand over fist for The Wire. He was one of these novelists who worked on The, the Wire, along with uh, George Pelicanos and a couple other people. He cameoed in The Wire as D'Angelo's English teacher in season two. And the other person involved was a guy named Steve, is a guy named Steve Zalian, who has an Oscar for like writing Gangs of New York or something. He's done a bunch cool. of screenplay work. I don't know how much directing he's done, but he's directed, if not all of the episodes that will be coming out, the bulk of them. Apparently this was filmed and written a while ago. Um, and you mentioned to me that it was based off of a British series. Yes, called Criminal Justice. Uh, that is nowhere mentioned in any of the credits, um, but it is. And I've read the plot synopsis to and the first season of Criminal Justice. Yeah, and they're, exactly they're very the similar. Same, yeah. uh, and it was also supposed to be, apparently, James Gandolfini's post-Sopranos HBO comeback. Right. I think this was the thing he was supposed to do. He's still listed in the credits as an executive producer. Tragically, Gandolfini passed away before this could ever happen. Basically, what you have on the night of, it's an eight-part series centered around the plight of a Pakistani kid named Nazir Khan. Who is referred to as Naz. Naz. Um, and Naz, in the opening episode, decides, gets invited to a party. He tutors on the basketball team, and some of the other members invite him to this party. He really wants to go. His friend bails on him. So he kind of makes off with the family's yellow cab that they share with a couple other associates so he can drive himself into the city. Uh, a girl named Andrea mistakes him for an actual operational cab. She gets in and yep. won't get out because Nas is very timid. He's referred to as a Bambi frequently throughout the episode. Um, he can't really find it in himself to kick her out. Sorry, sorry, Bambi or the big-eyed kid. The big-eyed kid. Um, so he just, she says she wants to go to the beach, so he just kind of drives her around and an ecstasy-fueled... And sorry, sorry, right before we get to it because we didn't mention it. Spoilers! Oh, God, yeah, there's going to be crazy spoilers for at least this first episode. It is relevant uh, to why we're not discussing it, so we'll get into this. So, like, maybe, like, go forward, like, 20 minutes. Actually, I can maybe do it without it. Um, so he he starts this night with this Andrea girl, and there's lots of drugs, and there's lots of drinking, and she feels bad that he's missing his party, so she, quote, gives him the party he missed. Yes. Just the two of them. And then everything that could possibly go wrong for this kid... Goes wrong. Goes wrong. And this was apparently too stressful an experience <laughs> for Caitlin McKinnon to get through. Okay. I have talked about my, I call it EGADS. It's my general anxiety disorder. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not while I'm drinking the fresco. <laughs> um, it, it has weird triggers. At one point, after talking about this with Jordan, he said, you know Nas is is a fictional character. <laughs> fictional but this has come up before regarding why you like spoilers. 
Yes. Because we talked before, there are people who always duck out at this part of the show because they hate spoilers. They don't want to know anything. You love spoilers. To a certain extent, you find them essential. Because it, it eases the, the anxiety level of watching things that are anxiety-inducing. This show is suspense. And the first episode, definitely. Definitely. It though, gets more into procedural later on. I but. actually did watch some of the second, mm. and it was still too really you still found it that there were just there were certain elements um certain parts of it were amazing the acting phenomenal oh yeah these people are acting um stars uh riz ahmed plays naz john Turturro. who apparently sorry he's gonna be in rogue one riz ahmed Um, is yes dope um but i don't i don't know under which role and i had never heard of him before he was so good. Yeah, he's amazing every moment he had to sit in that chair watching what was going on around him in the police head like headquarters the precinct yeah i thought i was gonna die like i just my heart was beating so fast and so hard all i just i couldn't i couldn't deal i had to stop it so many times so yeah basically caitlin broke rule two we always say rule two is save it for the pod caitlin could not after like I couldn't. after we got her set up to watch it within like 20 minutes oh because like he, so so again we'd said spoilers i'm not really going to go into it but um he gets basically caught for something and he gets hauled in for like a he's getting written up for a traffic violation because basically. he's in shock about something that happened and, and he has fled the scene and he fled the has fled the scene and he and he is basically knocked into another car or there's some other minor tra- traffic violation the cop yeah yeah and the cops who are writing him up get called to the scene of the crime because he's so close by anyways he has to sit in the cop car while he sees the investigation commence discover what has happened yeah. in this house and yeah. I, even at that point be, before getting to the precinct and literally having to sit in a chair for a billion years <laughs> it, and and just the stakes get higher and higher and i just couldn't take it the awful thing was that acting was really good from a whole bunch of different people the cop the lead yeah. cop detective box detective box terrible name but i mean like and I don't know who that actor is. I've never He's a seen stage him. actor. That would be why. He's a stage actor. Yeah, the one thing I've heard about this show is it's just filled with a bunch of that guys. Oh, okay. Like, it's just a bunch of New York, like, theater people and, like, just actors who've been kicking around New York. It's a really New York show, and yeah. I love New York shows. Like I said, Tuturo's in there playing the kind of opportunistic lawyer who just kind of trawls the precinct looking for dudes who need representation so yeah. he can kind of make a quick buck off of them. What's amazing, did you get to this part when he discovers what he's actually in for yeah well because he Nas at one point is like he's like do you know what they're saying I've done and he goes oh I don't care because he he heard from another from a cop that he the death sergeant or something said they picked him up for cutting cutting a girl girl, which it's a little bit more serious technically he did but the look on Torturo's face when he realizes what the charges will actually amount to and how he, that's, like, way beyond I bef- what I, he's prepared for. I believe he says something like, oh, fuck me, yeah, probably, or something like probably. that. Um, so he thinks he knows what's going on, but he doesn't really, and he realizes he's basically kind of in over his head. Um, and I would have really liked to watch the evolution of that. I watched a large part of the second episode. Mm. I know something bad, at least 
one serious bad thing is going to happen, and even that I can't take. Nothing that bad. I mean, he goes to Rikers. He ends up in Rikers. No, no, I know, but I just mean like something at Rikers is going to ha- like. There's so- he's gonna he's gonna get raped. He's gonna get beaten. He's something horrible is gonna happen. He got he got his bunk burned at the uh, at the end of the third episode. I know, but I can just like feel it. Can't you just feel the oppression of Riker? Like, yeah, and the. Uh, the third episode is actually where uh, one of our most beloved HBO veterans, Michael Kenneth Williams, makes his appearance. I love when he showed up in Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> I was like, yes! He shows up in this in the third episode. He plays kind of like the, the king of Rikers. Like, he's yeah. got, he was a former boxing champ. He's got his own cell that's filled with, like, cell phones. And, and he gives Nas uh, some sneakers for traction. Yep. And then you see Nas wearing them in the... Uh, in the shower yep basically so shit goes bad (laughs) he can just book the michael kenneth williams character freddie has an interest in nas we don't know why anyway we're going way too down deep down the rabbit hole of this show the point is caitlin didn't watch it because it was too stressful i couldn't i couldn't watch it literally all i could think was this is just like uh bloodline all over again (laughs) oh right which was that show did not go well for you either I couldn't finish because it would make me so panicky. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> and I would like to report, guess who didn't sleep last night? And all she did was think about... Think about Rikers Island? No, think about the night before. Just the whole thing. Him waiting in the cop car. Him waiting at the precinct for horrible things to happen. Oh my God. Did you get to the bit with his parents trying to find him? Oh, yeah, they're, and they're freaking out. And they're going to the wrong precinct, and his mother is just carrying this fucking food for him because it's all she can think to, to do. do. It's yeah. just make food for him. It's just, and anyway, so. And then she can't even, like, give it to him. I, I skipped around episode two because I was trying to calmly watch it. So, I mean, the point it. is, Jordan is heartily endorsing this show. If you like crime, if you like procedurals, if you like suspense, listen. And full disclosure, I had heard about this show from listening to other podcasts, which mentioned in their discussion of the show that the first episode especially was really brutal as far as like watching how stressful it was watching this kid just make terrible decisions and going into it you almost, you you feel it throughout right because the camera will linger on every person who sees him in this and this girl in the cab yeah there's like a guy gassing up a hearse at a gas station and yeah. it's like he's gonna come back later and have something to say like even before you know anything that's gonna happen the camera lingers on these people and just kind of fills you with a sense of dread and how this is going to come back later um and and i also endorse this show if you like procedurals and you like crime drama and you like suspense it'd be great for you you'd love it you're probably the type of people who take sleep aids so you can go to bed at night (laughs) But if you uh, get anxiety, if those things stress you out... And you need to know what happens for the entire season so you can watch something and it's not available to you. (laughs) Maybe you wait until the whole season's out, you read all the spoilers, and then you watch it. Then you watch it. Um, He's going to be fine, Kate. You don't know that. I have every confidence he's going to be fine. You don't know that. I don't know that. (laughs) Show's really good, though. It's fucking flawlessly written it's and and again acting is fantastic the camera work is great yeah i really enjoyed it i mean that part of it not the you know heart palpitations and like the richard priciness of it is (laughs) is he will always put these details on his characters like he always does this thing 
in his books where like there's a cop but he wants to be an actor at the same time so he like you know he'll always have a subplot where he's like working as a consultant on some film teaching some actor about what it's like to be a cop so he can try to get like a bit part in the movie sort of thing yeah um the eczema is is the richard priciness of this show john turturro plays the lawyer he has apparently super severe eczema on his feet and, needs and he to has to walk around with sandals, sandals and aerate yeah. it. And people are always kind of like taking shots at him about that because they don't like him because he's a precinct crawling lawyer to begin with. But every time he walks in, some cop will be like, hey, well, John, he, he, hey Johnny, how's the feet? He's a, he's a ambulance chaser. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Except for people who have had. <laughs> he's not suing for like, you know, inju- he's not an injury lawyer. He's a criminal lawyer. No, so he's a criminal, but it's the same type of idea. Um, yeah. So nobody really likes him for that fact. And, and so much time is devoted <laughs> to his eczema throughout <laughs> these three episodes he's at the doctor the doctor's telling him to wrap his feet in crisco and shit he goes to like a <laughs> he goes to like a support group for dudes who like can't leave the house because of their eczema like a lot of time is devoted to it and that's like the kind of richard price quirkiness that's brought to this show anyway dope show we're not going to talk about it though even though we just talked about it for like 15 minutes well, no we i mean what we're not going to do is we're not going to talk about the thing i brought you yes no no kick punches are being handed no out no kick week. punches none of that however part we brought this up last week uh-huh and as a consolation yes we are doing something a little bit new this week hodgepodge well, yes, hodgepodge, but in particular, we are going, or I am going to be reviewing a board game. Yes, mentioned this last week, uh, that we had a board game that was sent to us. It is called Emergence Genesis. It was sent to us um, by the the company's Urban Island Games and uh, Top 8 Magic. Full disclosure, shouts to them for sending us this. Um, yes, specifically um, Matthew Wang, uh, who I was chatting with and was very nice and said, hey, if we want to look at it, they'll send it to us, which I thought was really cool because I love board games. Thanks, Matthew. Um, and uh, just some background, Brian David Marshall, some people may know, um, he is one of the people who worked on this game. He is well known for doing work on uh, Magic the Gathering. Okay. Uh, the very famous Magic the Gathering. And uh, Anthony Conta, who's done stuff uh, in uh, relation to Fun Employed. Um, they have designed and come up with this game, uh, as we said, called Emergence Genesis. It's a deck building game. And it was it was good. So you played this with Chorus, top, top senior, correspondent, senior correspondent. A senior Hamilton correspondent. Um also, I had other people play the game as well, mm-hmm. um, and we kind of came up with sort of the same thoughts on it. So describe to me how you play this game, because I open it up, and all I see is a manual and two stacks of cards. Two stacks of cards. Basically what it is, as they talked about, it is a deck-building game. Mm-hmm. So the idea behind this is that you are a superhero, Yes. and you are basically trying both as a background and as a story you are an emergent who is a superhero who has emerged from the population and you are getting used to and under learning your powers Mm -hmm. um that is kind of the deck building aspect for anyone who's played munchkin this is a little bit similar in that you sort of start with a base idea of what you are and you build from there 
how it works is you pick your character. There are a whole bunch of them. Yep, and I'm they flipping through the cards. I'm seeing a bunch of what look to be character cards. Yes, um, and they are taken from uh, classic comic book characters. So you've got like the strong arms and you've got, um, you know, the magic users and you've got uh, the speedsters and that that kind of thing. So there are four main types of characters or avatars you can be. There are uh, the acolyte, the nonstop, the sculptor and the strong arm. Mm -hmm. So the acolyte uses manipulation, trickery, uh, countermeasures to basically defend themselves and to inflict damage. The non-stops basically are all about drawing cards to get other cards. Mm-hmm. Um, the sculptors are about uh, what they call crafting a rate of victory, which is basically um, putting together powerful effects to beat your enemy. And the strong, uh, strong arms basically deal a lot of damage. So the point of the game is for two to four players. The point of the game is to basically inflict as much damage onto your opponent as possible before they do so to you. So you have a a card counter that has your hit points on it. Set amount of hit points. And And as you go, you subtract. Um, So far, the game, I only got to play with two players, me and the senior correspondent. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but... As we were playing, we definitely said this would be a ton of fun with, with three or four. Better better served with a larger group. I think so, yeah. I mean, it was fun, but definitely the way the game works, you can kind of... You're kind of not pitting each other against each other, but you, you're definitely um, doing a lot of work using your specific ability mm-hmm. um, to inflict those that have the opposite abilities. So just sort of looking at it on the surface, it's almost like I hear a lot uh, in the board game community about trying to give the experience of what they get, I guess they call a CCG, a collectible card game, without the headache of rare cards and booster packs and things like that. Like trying to give you like an all-in-one, an all-in-one box experience sort of thing. It, yeah, it does kind of work like that, except you're all drawing from the same pile Mm. to get what you call gear cards or skills cards that you're all drawing and there are certain powers to like so there's like a communal pile it's not like a deck everyone has exactly exactly you do start with your own specific deck at the beginning but that's just to get you going Mm -hmm. now the only you know real criticisms i would say there are for this game is that to to learn the game is very difficult um just initially the instructions are not very clear on, at the beginning, how to play the game. The setup is good. It explains the setup. Um, but then w- sort of your first round, sort of the initial rounds of the game, it we kind of had to figure it out reading the through the manual mm-hmm. several, several times. Uh, for ex- example, we couldn't figure out how many cards we were supposed to pull initially, like, into our hands. Mm. And there is some confusion about, you know, how the deck works versus your discard pile. It's just, that was a little complicated. Once, though, we figured it out, we started having a lot of fun with it. So not an insurmountable learning curve. No, though it does help that I have played games that are similar to this. If I was a newbie starting out, I might get really frustrated with it. Mm. Another um, just small criticism is I 
think the backstory could use some work. Okay. So they talk, they set it up as sort of, they have a story about the emergence, or at least, like they said, the genesis of these emergence, uh, the first main heroes, the first villain. Um, but then all of a sudden, they have, it's, it's a free-for-all, right? There can only be one winner. When you think of superheroes, really, you think of them working as a team. Yeah. But that's not how it works. So if they had put a little bit of, like, a Highlander element to it, like there can only be one, <laughs> um, and there a reason for that, that mm. would have given the backstory a little bit of spice. But that's just extra. That's not something they really need to do. I just think it would have it would have helped. Because, you know, I'm a stickler for details. Yes. Uh, and I did read the entire manual front to, front to back. <laughs> the other thing would be um, the cards. Uh, initially, you have no idea what's going on they need more slots for the cards because they're just two big piles of cards mm. and they don't they look very similar how many different how many different types of cards um i would say there As are I just scan through the piles here i see one, heroes i see one two three i see action cards four, i see five there are about six or seven different types of cards i don't think they're distinguished enough on are the each of these action cards for a certain character or do they um because different characters are depicted the, on the pile you've got no the pile you the way the action and the gear cards work, those are specific to what type of superhero you are. Oh, okay. So, you know, if you are, I'm just going to call it speedster. If you're a speedster, you can only use the speedster gear and speedster skills. Right, right. Um, they do have some other cards that anyone can use, but that's a different pile. And that, so if you're playing as a speedster, you draw from the speedster pile? Like you have to... No, it's all put out. It, they actually do something really cool. They use a comic book kind of yeah, parlay. Yeah, I saw the map sort of thing on there. There's the page, the panel, the, the Exactly. Book. And and like the discard is called The Gutter, which is of course a comic book reference to the white lines between panels. Yes. And there are sort of different levels of the playing. Um, so you start out with a certain number of cards, which are basically like skill points and just very basic like fighting points almost and from there you start to build your deck and add cards to it and get it it becomes bigger and bigger and you have more and more skills gear and uh like fighting and skill points to to use and to choose from mm -hmm. if that makes sense a little bit <laughs> but, but i haven't played it and i don't play a ton of these types of games so. whenever it comes out if you're into strategy games or you like games like Munchkin, um, this game is really a lot of fun. Like I said, it's just a little bit of a steep learning curve. Um, but going through the cards helped. And like I said, going through the manual, some parts of the manual are really clearly laid out. And sort of the board layout is very clear. It's just that initial playing of it that you'll, you have to figure out. Well, clearly, people who know this sort of thing are supporting the idea as I look through the Kickstarter backers. Yeah. A and, lot of people ponied up to see this happen. So. Really, again, um, both myself and the senior correspondent really started to have a fantastic time playing it, and I can't wait to play it again. And I'll be able to teach people really simply now that we know. Yeah. And the other two uh, players, I'm going to call them junior correspondents, <laughs> um, they played it and they played it several times and they really started to get Oh, they into played it. it on their own as well? Yes. they. So it was just the two of them. Unfortunately, we haven't played with three players yet. So when all four of you get in a room together, it's probably going to... 
and they are going down. <laughs> it's probably going to be the ideal scenario for yes. this. And for another this good thing is there are a lot of different strategies to winning. Mm -hmm. It's not really cut and dry. You didn't find it getting repetitive at all or anything like not that? Not at all. And every you know new hand brought something new and interesting. And um, I really do like how they set up the characters. Also, I do like... The diversity that they've made there. They've, there's, you know, some <laughs> black characters, some female characters gets in there. A, gets a Caitlin McKinnon pass for, passes the Caitlin McKinnon grade on the diversity on scale. On the diversity, yep. Um, Artwork is very sharp. Yeah. Good looking yeah. package. Sleek, small, will fit on your shelf very tidily. Yes, it will. But I definitely think they need more. They need to separate the cards more because me trying to sort out the cards at the beginning was a very confusing. Yeah, there's, a, there's some deep. Like you said, it's only two piles, and they are very deep yes. in that box. And I sorted them because <laughs> I was like, I need to play this game again soon, and I need to be able to set it up really quickly. Um, so, yeah, but besides that, um, it Well, it was kick really punches good. for that for the gamers of the world. Like I said, you're better equipped to uh, to pass a ruling on this one than I am. I would say it's, it's an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Yeah, because we definitely want to play it again, and that's always the good sign of a good game. Well, there you go. Emergence Genesis. Thank you so from much. Urban Island Games. Uh, from to, For sending it to us. Yes. Caitlin and the correspondents have greatly enjoyed it. Uh, Genesis. Does that suggest expansions later on? I, I definitely believe so. Like, um, again, anyone who knows Munchkin, Munchkin has a thousand expansions. Mm. They've got zombies. They've got pirates. Um, I can definitely see more more cards after after playing this for a while more cards involved would make it that extra intense and extra fun jazz things up a little bit yeah exactly well there you go friends if you're into this sort of thing more than i am not that i'm not into this sort of thing but i hate learning <laughs> uh definitely check out emergence genesis um i will throw a link to their uh, website or their Kickstarter page on the show description on SoundCloud and probably on the Facebook group as well. Awesome. For anyone who wants to check that out. So thanks, y'all. Kate and them enjoyed it. We did. And I'm really excited to play it. Now give it back to me because <laughs> I'm going to put it back <laughs> in my bag. Caitlin doesn't want to forget it here. Um, yeah. If Hey, and if anyone listening out there wants to send us more stuff to take a look at, you can get at Kate at geekdownpod at gmail.com and we will work that out. Yeah. I, I love games. I we're, love taking a look at games. We will always be honest. Worked out well today. May not always work. Because I was out. worried, to be perfectly honest, I was a little bit worried at the beginning because there was a lot of swearing at the beginning. Oh, yeah? It was a little confusing. Getting and over the learning curve? Literally, like, it didn't say how many cards we were supposed to start out with <laughs> or draw. I was like, I don't even know what to do. Motherfucker. <laughs> um, but once we started getting going, yeah, we, we really had a good time. Cool. Well... What else we got to talk about in HodgePodge? I think we got a lot of updates today. I got tons of updates. Doing a lot of watching. A lot of watching Lots this week. Of wa so much watching. Well, hit me. What have you been watching? Okay. Um. So I watch, started watching Daredevil again. <laughs> uh, I mean, I didn't start back from the beginning, but there was a long pause there. Yes. It was a little bit of the Electra stuff. Um, my the senior correspondent and I, he we weren't feeling it. We really wanted some other stuff. The Electra stuff didn't. It was okay. Hey, it slowed down for me on the Electra stuff too. I wasn't really feeling it. I like ninjas as much as the next person, but the 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 actor who plays Electra, I do like her. Electra is a character. Eh. Yeah. But then picked up again because the Punisher was in jail and then there <laughs> was 
the kingpin. And then our and boy came back. Yep. Oh, man. It was Really intense. highlights how much you missed him yeah. <laughs> in this season. Yeah, and uh, it showed a really interesting aspect of him and character growth for the kingpin, which I thought was mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, so that was really cool, and I started watching that. I watched another episode of Pasta because yeah, I was just feeling like watching pasta um how far along you at now i don't remember how many episodes it is oh like god. i'm more much more than halfway through okay yeah so what's even happening right now i don't even remember oh god they are they're getting to like a good groove but they kind of figured out their relationship but then stuff kind of ha- started happening with the manager mm. and now he shep is getting jealous yep. and yeah, all of that. Imagine Chef having a poor Chef having a poor uh, emotional <laughs> response to something in his life. Yeah, what um, are the odds? Oh, they had a great episode though, where the and this was actually a, a couple uh, like a couple episodes ago, but they had the guy who's now the junior. He quit, and they were doing all the all the full episode was them just trying to get the junior guy to come back. Oh, like the kitchen he, assistant yeah, type guy. Right, yeah, I remember. And then quitting. they all fall asleep on Shep. It just was amazing. It was just this amazing, silly, wonderful episode. So yeah, yay pasta. Yay pasta. Yay pasta. Um finally finally made some time to start getting caught up on Preacher. I am so jealous. You should be. It's really fucking good. <laughs> good. I mean, I thought it would be just from that first episode, but I just have not had time. It is alarming how much they have veered like it's still preacher yeah but how much they have veered from the core source material and yet it's still and it's, but yet it's still awesome and even if you have a you know devoted affiliation to that source material as i do you don't really care yeah you want to see cassidy and jesse bust each other's balls you want to there's this fucking there's a fight in a motel and it's amazing. That I just watched. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Because basically, like, the jig is up. Jesse knows what Genesis is at this point. Right. And um, the two, they look like cowboys here. But, I mean, in the in the comics, they were these two angels who are trying to get it back. Right. Um, and basically, they end up fighting a, a third angel, a seraphim, I believe they're calling it. Right. Uh, and basically, it's taking the body of a soccer mom. <laughs> and it's... The two cowboy angels, Jesse and this soccer mom, just beating the shit out of each other in a hotel. And the thing with the angels is they die, they come back. Right. But the original corpses stay. So it's just this pile of identical corpses keep piling up under them as they keep killing each other. (laughs) Fun. So good. I still am troubled by Tulip. And maybe this is just some deep buried, like misogyny in me where it's like oh yeah no problem with walter white or all the difficult men in the world but the second a difficult woman comes up you're like eh. i just i don't remember her being this flagrant of a criminal in the comics and she wasn't she was to a certain extent i mean she was doing a hit in the in the initial comics. well yeah okay sorry by that but in the fur in the comics she was doing her first hit yes whereas this tulip is will yeah well matured killer um, and she's super impulsive and she's super selfish and she doesn't care about anybody but herself, it seems like. Um, and just, you know, getting Jesse back and getting revenge for whatever they're trying to get revenge for. And I have no reason to judge because I've watched shows, you know, I've watched Mad Men, I watched Breaking Bad, like I watch shows about terrible dudes. 
and went like, this is so compelling. But like, I don't know if I just have like, maybe I can't shake the comic version of the character or maybe I'm a misogynist. Hey, come see, come saw. Totally misogynist. Um, that, that's my ruling on but it. But I have found that a little hard to get over. Um, but the actress is fantastic. That yeah. woman's, they're going to give that woman, you know, Marvel's going to grab her for something in the next, like, you know, five years. She's already, I think, been cast in, I don't know if it's Marvel, but I, I she's, I'm sure she's, oh, she's in a movie um, coming up called Loving. Um, sure. It's a big movie. It, it's about um, the fight to the Supreme Court um, for an interracial marriage oh. by the, the Lovings. It's like the, I don't know, the, Government versus loving. The well, there you go. Shouts to you, Ruth Nega. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Sorry, that, that, that's her name. Yes. It's really awkward to say, but that's that's her name. No, oh, it's not Ruth, that awkward. Ruth Nega. Okay. N-E-G-G-A. And anyways, so other things. Yeah. I have been watching, or I watched some Star Trek, but it's not the Star Trek you think. <laughs> it's not Deep Space Nine? No. Oh. It's Star Trek Beyond? Beyond. Beyond. So yeah, what you How'd that? that go? You weren't super amped about it going in. Mm, I wasn't. It was good. It definitely did harken back to. It, it. It was like a really expensive episode of TNG <laughs> when it's like one of their two parters, uh-huh. and they use more than two sets. Like. <laughs> And, and there were some things that I was like, eh, about, but some of it was great. Um, They haven't, they do a little bit with humor, but I feel like it could be funnier. Though Star Trek was never laugh out loud funny. No. That was not its strength. It wasn't, wasn't banter filled. I do wish there was more diplomacy espionage. That's, a, that's not what Chris Pine, James T. Kirk is here for. No, it it's isn't. Here for punching. So much punching. <laughs> Just punching all the time. They did have some, uh, like, a really cool female character, though. And it passed a number of tests. It did not pass the Bechtel test. <laughs> but it did pass the sexy lamp test. It passed... I'm sorry, I'm unaware of the sexy lamp test. Oh, the sexy lamp test is... So there's a couple of tests. That we know about the Bechtel test. Yes. Two women did not... Named women did not have a conversation... To, with each other about Not something about other than a man. Yes. Um, sexy lamp test is uh, whether you can uh, replace a woman with a sexy lamp <laughs> and it wouldn't make a difference. <laughs> so there's a third test, which uh-huh. is the Mako Mori test. Um, she's a character from Pacific Rim. Okay. The test is basically whether the female character has their own plot line um, that doesn't involve a man basically but that the movie spends time on her own development Mm -hmm. which it does it did not pass the best and final test though the furiosa test in which man babies cry because the movie was made there were no man babies i think crying about star trek beyond no i don't think so no so but it passed most of the tests they were crying about ghostbusters oh and they're pretty happy about it so far (laughs) I don't know. Why was it doing? Not great. Well, I, I think timing was really bad, personally. It is. Last I checked, it had not made its budget back. Let's let's check after, this out, after viewers. 10 days. Do you want the actual quote that I got from I don't know where? But no, I just want the uh, Wikipedia page. Sony's Ghostbusters took a tumble on its second weekend. The $144 million comedy earned 26, $21.6 million, down 53%, to give it a new $86.8 million 10-day cumulative. 
That is a sharp fall for a comedy, and dreams of a 3.8 to 4 times multiplier are now at the window. It's about on par with Pixels and The Boss, so now it's a question of which of those two precedents matches up. I do not recall where I got that quote from, but... That's okay. Oh, you got it down. I mean, it's close to there, and you never know what will happen, but they also released it, like, with a week to go, like, Star Trek Beyond. Like, I went to go see Star Trek trek beyond instead mm. of seeing ghostbusters yeah but and yeah it should be said neither of us have seen ghostbusters yet neither of us have have a vested interest in ghostbusters and they've made back most of the budget um so probably with more weeks to come when people are like hey what are we gonna go see oh we'll go see ghostbusters and i mean the most important thing there i think is just the reports coming out of comic-con about the number of girls Dressed as Ghostbusters. Yes. And merchandise. That's, through the roof. That is ultimately uh, what matters there. Not that it made, you know, $300 million. And the video sales are going to be through the roof. People are going to want to own it. Their It'll kids be are fine. Gonna, we'll, see if yeah. it, we'll see if it does fine enough to earn uh, a sequel. People seem to like the characters. I've yeah. heard conflicting reports that it's kind of reverence to the first movie and the shoving of cameos into this new version of it kind of slowed it down a bit we'll see if it's if it gets a sequel that's kind of you know freed from the shackles of expectation of the first movie which this one never really seemed to shake yeah will it have a better shot um what else are we watching oh oh going back around to something we talked about in the first half of the show steven universe yes came back for like a month wrapped up its season two cliffhangers and then went away again and now it's back now it's back a lot of tire spinning episodes a lot of the you know episodes about lars episodes about do um, kids like it jordan probably well there you go one episode that was amazing that blew up most of your tumblers was i don't know if it was the first episode back or the second one but it was called mr greg where steven's dad gets a bucket of money thrown at him because one of his songs got bought by like a fast food franchise so he's loaded and decides to go on a trip with steven to empire city which is just New York. <laughs> and Steven suggests bringing Pearl. And Steven's dad is like, yeah, Pearl and I have never really got along. This is going to be super awkward. And it is for most of the trip. It's also their musical episode. Which is amazing. By the way, which is packed with packed with four or five songs for like an 11 minute episode. And has a really kind of tragic, heartbreaking song from <laughs> Pearl as she like just can't, you know, let go of whatever she's holding on to. Where Greg is concerned, where basically she's coming out and saying that she was in love with Rose and always was in love with Rose and could never admit that she lost her and her and Greg working out their issues and coming to some sort of understanding. Just so responsible and grown up of them. Isn't it? And a whole generation of young people will be influenced by that. Well, you know what else they're going to learn about? What? Consent. Yay! Because there was a super heavy-handed episode about that that came a couple episodes later. As there should be. As there should be. And listen, this is the thing that you have to juggle if you're an old-ass fan of this show. Some of these are going to seem super heavy-handed. You're going to be like, oh my god, it's the Glee problem again. Because I was super into Glee on the first season, and then Glee started to realize it was important. With a capital I. Capital I. And it had lessons to share, and it needed to show gay kids in you know Idaho that it was okay to be themselves. These are all noble causes. It's a very fine tightrope to balance when you're making a 60-minute entertainment. It is. That also has to be entertaining and not just 
deliver lectures and lessons for 45 of those 60 minutes. But if they're entertaining for kids. Yeah. But if you're entertaining for kids. So kids, I hope you all really like that episode where uh, Steve Ani challenges Evan, Kevin, Steven, Blevin, Steven, whatever blah, his name blah. is, to a race and then learns that it's not about how he makes them feel. They have a choice over how Kevin treated them and how that makes them feel. And it's up to them to let it go and blah, blah, blah. And I hope you all took your lessons, 10-year-olds. Um, I already know those lessons, so I was soups bored. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, it's a lesson that needs to be taught, and no one else is teaching it on at 7 o'clock on the Cartoon Network. So That you know of. Show. Shouts to the Steven Universe team for that. I'll be curious to see when and if we're going to get back to the overarching plot they usually tend to do that they'll yeah. have some yellow like diamond has not made an appearance or even been mentioned since the initial first run yeah. of the third season back in june also a very good episode with peridot amethyst and steven at uh basically at the boardwalk shorty squad at the boardwalk that's what they called themselves the shorty squad the shorty squad because they're too short to, too short to ride the rides <laughs> and peridot can't shapeshift and make herself taller so yeah, so un- uneven return as far as I'm concerned, but hey, Lord knows y'all are going to be enjoying it. So yeah, enjoy. Uh, is there anything else I've been watching? Haven't had any time for Borderlands to continue playing oh, that. Oh, okay. That's tragic. Yeah, it's a little sad, but you know we're busy people with all our TV and movie watching. So much TV. Speaking of which, yeah. So I have a review from the senior correspondent mm-hmm. about the Killing Joke. Oh, that's out. It is out. The animated adaptation? In theaters. Oh, right. It was in theaters. And the review came back that it was great to see Mark Hamill as the Joker. He did a song number, which was fantastic. showed Mm -hmm. off his skill. But the storytelling in regards to Batman and uh, Batgirl was not particularly good. Yeah. What was really disappointing is a lot of what they talked about... um, in making this animation uh, of The Killing Joke was that they were really going to get into more backstory and uh, more of the character of Barbara Gordon. And they didn't really do that. They kind of made her be in her underwear a couple times. Nice. And her bra. Cool. And then had uh, Batman mansplain someone being super creepy to her, um, which was just awkward. All right. And... On top of everything, um, the animation, you could tell it didn't have as much money as it wanted. Mm. It was a little rough, the animation. So, but, you know. Soft pass for the killing joke. Yeah, I believe it was 4.5 kick punches out of 10. Well, that is a fail. That is a fail. Everyone. Yeah. They really were trying to stretch that material too far, and they probably could have padded it. Final note on that, though, specifically, at the very end, when Oracle is revealed... She's in the wrong type of wheelchair. <laughs> so there's been a big thing about showing people representation of, you know, proper wheelchairs and devices for those who are have disabilities or handicapped in some way. And they show her playing, I think it's like soccer or rugby or something in uh, like a hospital wheelchair. And it was just like, really, do your research. <laughs> it's just lazy. Uh, so, yeah, I guess around, it's sort of, when it all comes down to it, is a little bit lazy, the movie. Well, but I, kind, I, I wasn't, wasn't going to see it anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> but just for those out, out there who were like, maybe I should spend money in the theaters on this, don't do it. Don't do that. You can yeah. miss that one. It'll yeah. end up on Netflix, I'm sure. Yeah. Go see Ghostbusters. <laughs> Let us know how that went. 
Well, I think that's just about going to do it on a rather random episode <laughs> of The Geek Down. Um, we do have an announcement to make for our plans for the rest of the summer. Yeah. Do you want to tell the people what that is? I do want to tell the people what that is. Then do it. Every single episode in August is going to be a special episode. Where is I, your air horn now? Uh, it's it's too hot for air horns. <laughs> As we have been wont to do on things like Supergirl or Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, we had been trying to figure out what the next one of those should be. Should it be Killjoys? Should it be Dark Matter? Should it be, I forget the name of it, Fun Man, the Australian one? Uh, Wise Man. Wise Man. I think. About the Australian superhero. Should it be Stranger Things? Everybody's watching Stranger Things but us, apparently. Apparently. Um, and as it turns out, there's just so many of them right now. We're just going to do all of them. We'll just do all of them. Yeah. So for the month of August, we are going to be both watching the same thing and having a chat about that. Maybe it means the episodes will be shorter for some of you. You're welcome. I know that's important. <laughs> Uh, so that's the gist. Caitlin and I will be spending the month of August talking about what someone is out of here. Someone is not, <laughs> not like they don't even they care. Don't, they just, they they're got places to gone. be. They are like fuck watching the same thing. <laughs> I come here for y'all to talk about different things. I'm out of here, and he just fucking screech tires out of here. Yeah. Uh, no. So Caitlin and I will be watching the same thing for the month of August. I don't think it'll mean that much to all y'all in the grand scheme of things but no it should be a good time it means we'll probably be, mo be more relaxed <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> and more leisurely about as the long things. as i'm not watching things that are going to keep me up at night about the things we watch well hey do, do your research <laughs> let me know with enough time <laughs> if we're hitting the eject button <laughs> on any of these so that is what we will be doing for the month of august and we hope you will join us for that if you have any issues about this decision or comments you can join us on the Facebook group. Which is at? www. Yeah. Dot. Yeah. Facebook. Do it. Dot. Dot. Com. Mm -hmm. Forward slash. Forward slash. Geek Down Pod. Geek Down Pod. And it's the same for our Twitter. Which is at Geek Down Pod. And for our Tumblr. Which is at geekdownpod.tumblr.com. And if you want to yell at Jordan. You can do that on the Twitters at Jordan underscore Ferguson. And if you want to yell at me... Tough shit. That's right. It's not happening. Not happening. Unless, of course, it's on the Facebook page, but I'll probably just make Jordan deal with it anyways. <laughs> it really, she really just is the princess of this show. She just kind of like glides in for a couple hours yeah, every week. and the hot dog princess. The hot dog princess of the Geek Down Pod. She just kind of glides in for a couple hours every week. Gets ketchup everywhere. <laughs> makes a mess of my apartment. <laughs> yeah. Keeps ketchup. And then Hits <laughs> things while we're recording. <laughs> ketchup smeared footprints all over my floor. And then she's just out. And I don't see or hear from her again for like another six days. Yeah, basically. Well, that is just about going to do it for another fantastic episode of The Geek Down. Thank you so much for j spending your time with us every week, friends. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And we will see you back here again next week. See you then.
Sorry, Manny. forever. Burp. Sorry. <laughs> Friends. <laughs> what were our pony names again? Uh, I was definitely Sunshine Bubbles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Scarlet Ember? I think that's right. Scarlet Ember Sunshine and Sunshine Bubbles. Bubbles and Scarlet Ember. Friends forever. Riding the rainbows of friendship. Oh, my God. Ember and Ever rhyme. I'm making a song up about that. Done. All right. <clears throat>